Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight, our focus is on starting the year right or personal planning for the new year. Have you made some resolutions? Have you already made a false start with three days into the year? How do you plan in a sustainable manner? I have just the right people to help us look ahead into the year. Professor P.K. Richardson is a visiting lecturer in a number of universities across the world. He speaks on leadership and management. Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo is the head of corporate communications at Ecobank, Ecobank Ghana and Worms. She will, along with P.K., help us understand how to approach the year and lay the building blocks and they will be right here with us in a couple of minutes on this show so what are the three commitments for the year number one improve yourself number two improve your value and number three improve your strategy or your approach improve yourself means become a better person in your faith that's in your work with god in your character and in your relationships as a husband, a father, a member of staff, whatever relationships you have, improve yourself in these three areas, your faith, your character, and your relationships. Improve your value. That means the leveraging of your various tools, skills, and abilities. Improve your income streams and improve your value. Improve your network of relationships. And very importantly, improve your knowledge. And that comes under improving your value. The third is to improve your strategy or your approach. Try to get it right the first time and to execute faster, cheaper, and more efficiently than the competition or than you did yesterday. If you can do that consistently, by the end of this year, you will be a much better person than you are at the beginning. These are the three commitments we run with all year through. We will keep reminding ourselves and providing the tools to ensure that we can improve ourselves, improve our value, and improve our strategy. I'm going to be asking my guests very shortly whether they can relate to these three commitments. We are looking at avoiding a false start and getting it right. Avoiding a false start and getting it right. My guests, Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo and Professor P.K. Richardson. Alright, so a New Year's resolution is a tradition in which a person makes a promise to do an act of self-improvement or something really nice beginning from New Year's Day. It is estimated that about 40% of people start each year with resolutions, lots of them, but a significant number forget them after the first couple of weeks. Why don't these New Year's resolutions last? Is it a good, year, a good idea at all to even have resolutions or targets or goals or plans for self-improvement? Why do we get these false starts? And is there a better way to achieve sustainable individual plans let me find out from my guest starting with patricia patricia welcome to springboard and happy new year to you thank you patricia you travel two worlds as a corporate executive and as a minister mm. when you when, when you counsel people who've had difficult times and you're giving them hope to look ahead what is the greatest tool you use what do, what do you tell them what do you tell people who are trying to piece the pieces together and and, and, and it's been a challenge for them what do you what do you tell them as a minister well I, I tell them to believe in God and I tell them to apply spiritual principles you know like the children of Israel 
even though they were in Egypt and there was darkness in Egypt, where they were in Goshen, there was light. So what I say to Christians is that you cannot apply worldly principles. You have to apply spiritual principles where you have to pray, you have to seek the face of God for direction, you have to pay your tithes, you have to pay your offering, give offering, you have to respect the leadership, your spiritual leadership, and also apply the word of God and also the principles of management in whatever you are doing. And I believe that with that, you will succeed. You cannot use the same worldly principles, you know, to survive in a challenging economy. A friend of mine calls it the, using, using the left hand and the right hand. Right. That's right. right. I, I, but can I make a point on that? Um, the Bible doesn't promise that it's going to be easy. Right. If you look at Matthew 24... <laughs> The, the, the forecast, the prediction, whatever you want to call it, prophecy is there. This world is going to get increasingly difficult. But what the Bible promises that those who rely on the Lord, those who trust in Him, those who put their trust in Him, will still survive because the Lord will take them through. Right. It doesn't say that difficulties will not be there. It's going to get difficult. Jesus is going to get to the days when people will even wish they were dead. But those who rely on the Lord, those who put their faith in the Lord, the Lord will take them through. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, on your own, own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Right. So that's a scriptural note on which we begin this discussion about getting the year right. It may have been challenging, it may have been tough, but trust in the Lord and apply the principles that are found in the scriptures. And let's start with one very scriptural principle called planning. I read a scripture from the book of Luke, chapter fourteen, verse twenty-eight to verse thirty-one to underscore the fact that Jesus. Christ said that anyone seeking to build a house must first sit down and plan. So let me go to PK. PK, what is planning and why is it so important? In a very funny way, you can define planning as carving out tomorrow, today. You carve out tomorrow, today. In other words, you get ready for what tomorrow will throw at you. And it is very, very important because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You cannot live a life, say, well, I'm going to sit down, tomorrow comes, yeah, then I go through it, and uh, day after tomorrow, then I go through it. There must be something that drives you. There must be something that you want to do. You want to make progress in life. You want to achieve something. And you can only achieve it if you have a goal and you work towards it. And that is what we call planning. There is something you want to achieve, you set the agenda, and you actually work towards it. That is what planning is about. And it's important right. because we need to plan as people. Right. Um, Patricia, do you get the sense that people generally plan enough? You, you work in the corporate space where planning is everything. Everything. Every detail of it is worked out. Do you get the sense that on the personal front people plan enough? Well, I don't think so. I believe that people most times know what they want to do but to a large extent some people don't really make the time to plan through what exactly they want to do how they want to achieve it like where you are now where you want to go to how you want how you are going to get there and even when you went you want to get there and the resources required to get there so most times People don't go through all these processes. They know they want to achieve it, but how to get it is 
most times ignored by a lot of people. If, even senior people, you may think that, you know, 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds, you know, they may falter at planning. But even senior people, and I do a lot of leadership uh, training programs for very senior people, chief executives, directors all over the world. And sometimes these big guys sit in front of me and I say to them, where do you see yourself five years from now? And they don't know. I said, where do you see yourself five years from now? They, they have no clue. Why? The question because is they why? haven't planned anything. They don't have any agenda. Why? That's the why point. don't they why, have why, It doesn't occur to them that's important for them to plan. And you see, in life, if you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. But thinking, why don't they have an that agenda? That is the question. As they, they look at me as if I'm some idiot standing in front of them. <laughs> where do you see yourself? Because <laughs> you are as big as your dream, as your vision, as your plans. And they don't have any. And it's like they live there today. So, so let me let me drill this down. Patricia says that many people have a faint idea about their destination, where they want to go, but they wish how, they wish how 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 <laughs> to get there is not clear, and that the resources required is also not clear. And so, what it, what seems to be a plan is in reality a wish, it's a wish. backed it's a by wish. no yes, deliberate action. The question I'm asking is, why don't we? I mean, let's. What are the similarities and differences between planning as it is done in the corporate level and as it prevails largely in the individual space. Let me start with you, Patricia. Okay. You know, for a corporate institution, you, you, you have a vision and you have a mission. You have a corporate vision and a corporate mission. And you have your goals and you have your objectives. Okay, that has been agreed by leadership and by management mm-hmm. and therefore as an institution together you work towards that goal or that objective but when it comes to the individual it is an independent decision or goal that the person has set for himself so somewhere along the line he chooses to do whatever he wants to do and he made the real from his own objective but you know for a corporate institution you may be monitoring you know, rigidly ensuring that you have achieved the goals. You have KPIs that you have to meet at the end of the day. Yeah, you have media reviews, so you monitor performance. But most times for individuals, these things are lacking. You know, so so these are some of the challenges. Right. Um, Piki, let me, let, me, let me come to you on the same, the same point and, and, and bring in the, the three words that are very popular at this time of year many call them new year resolutions and it really i mean by its very definition it suggests some a feel good factor a few a, a list of a shopping list of things that you you would like to do in the area of self improvement and um, why do people even feel the need to make them at the turn of the year i i think um it's Something that's um, endemic in, in, in a person that they want to achieve something, as Patricia said, they, they, want some, they want to be better. Just that somehow they don't plan, they don't determine what better means and how they can get a better. People don't do it. As she said, in the corporate world, a, an organization has been established to achieve some goal, achieve some you know, objective. And as a manager, you are put there to ensure that you achieve that so you work towards that or you're out you know you you actually being monitored this is the goal the organization has achieved 
you are the manager, you're on your bike, go on and deliver that. So you have something checking you and somebody looking over your shoulder. As an individual, you don't do that. And these managers are already trained in business schools to be able to go and do that. The individual is not trained unless he's counseled or mentored in the art of setting personal visions and looking at uh, personal SWOT analysis and so on and so forth. It doesn't come naturally. So that's the big difference. Now, resolutions, people think that, okay, 2015 is gone. Um, it wasn't particularly a good year for me, but I want 2016 to be better. So let me set some agenda. And they do. Sometimes feel good factor, something nice, hot hair. I want to be this. I want to be promoted. I want to get married and so forth and so on. All very good things. But these things don't come naturally. You've got to work to achieve them. And sometimes they even set resolutions which are not credible, which are not achievable, but nice wishes. And if you make a, a resolution or an agenda or a goal that is not credible, that is not achievable based on your capabilities and so on, it's just hot air. And most people do that. So within one week, they realize that the wonderful thing they talked about is actually not doable, you know, uh, based on their capabilities and so forth and so on. So, that is a weakness. People want to set agendas, but agendas calling your resolutions must be credible and they must have the capability to actually achieve them. And they don't. And they I, don't and think I about it. I think them. sometimes too, um, people take account of their lives most times at the end of the year. Right. They want to take stock of what they have achieved, where they have failed. And therefore now they say, okay, this coming year, I will want to correct the wrongs. I want to do this, I want to do that. So that is what um, precipitates, you know, the the resolution making. Right. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, because night comes when no man can work. (laughs) There's a certain feeling that once a day is ending or a year is ending, a new year is coming and some things must be covered. Mm -hmm. And that's why there are so many weddings in December. But (laughs) let me come to you, Patricia. In your interaction with people, what when people make resolutions, plans for the year, their thoughts for the year, what are some of the most common things that they plan to do from your experience? From my experience, people plan to pray more. So spiritual uh, groups? Yes, and go to church. And most people try to exercise. I mean, for most people that I've spoken to, they want to exercise, you know, keep healthy. And also pursue the academic education. So these are some of the areas. And also for businesses, people want their businesses to grow. They want to set up new businesses. And also wives, you know, say that they want to be good wives. They want to be virtuous wives. And men also decide to stay home. This is very biased. <laughs> okay. Some men. Do, 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 do you have an idea about what people, what people wish for the most when they, when they start the year? I, I think um, if, if we're looking for one word, it will be better. If it's marriage, they want it to be better. If it's in a job, they want to get promoted. If uh, it's making money, they want to do better and so forth. So this word better is all round. And some even say, I want to be a better person. Right. Better person morally. You know, somebody who may have taken advantage of people and done very, very devious things may say, well, I uh, I, I want to uh, uh, be a better person now. So everybody at the end of the year is looking back at the year and looking forward and say, I want to be 
better or do something else better right. than I did the year before. But you are trying to avoid a false start. By now, some, somebody sets a resolution that has already slipped through the cracks and you are beginning to give up. This program is meant to help you repackage your resolutions with a more strategic outlook so that you don't get discouraged by the first mistake that you make but can build on it and become a better person by the end of the year. My guests Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo of Ecobank and then Professor P.K. Richardson and we're trying to look at how to plan for the year more successfully. So far we've talked about planning being carving out tomorrow today and that was from pk who said if you fail to plan of course you're planning to fail patricia added that many people have a, a faint idea of what they want to do that is their destination but they don't know how to get there that's a strategy and they definitely do not have or don't know where to find the resources um, to get to that destination and so the planning is not done as in a structured a manner on the individual front as it is on the corporate front. PK says it is because of collective ownership that corporate planning ends up being much more successful than individual planning. And on that score as well, Patricia says many people in their New Year resolutions look at things like spiritual growth, academic, business, and relationships. I must add that in in, 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 in in a little research that I did, the three most frequent New Year resolutions are around number one, weight loss, <laughs> number two, financial, and number three, relationships. Those are the three that topped the list. There are several others, but these are the three that people seem to to do the most. Not in any particular order, but these three relationships, weight loss, and financial goals. These three seemed to dominate the thinking. Um, are, are you surprised, Patricia? No, I'm not. Right. <laughs> right. So, which is your favorite New Year resolution so far? And, and why is that special to you? Let's find out what people are, are trying to do in this year 2016. Piki, so generally you've talked about why New Year resolutions don't work? A feel-good factor is not backed by any any strategy. How can people do things differently instead of the usual uh, wish list? I think the starting point is to do a personal SWOT analysis. Look at yourself. Assess yourself, your capabilities. Uh, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What is it that you can achieve with your strengths? What is it that your weaknesses constitute uh, an impediment to your progress. And then look at the environment. There are many, 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 many opportunities around. And if you don't look, you don't see. You know, people look around and they pick things and so forth and so on. I've lectured a lot of companies. Some of them see countries as individual units with, you know, borders and difficulties and so on. Others see them as markets. Right? Not countries, but markets. You know, so your the way your mindset determines what you're going to achieve. So, one what are your capabilities? What are your weaknesses? Capabilities strengthen them. Weaknesses actually make sure you can sort them out and get rid of them. The environment. What are the opportunities? And what are the threats? Maybe you are some business and you want to expand. What are the threats to expansion? What are the threats to making the business better? If you can analyze these, then you can take steps to actually get rid of them. Carve out a personal vision. Where do you want to be this 2016? What is it that you want to achieve? 
how do you want to make yourself better? Once you have, you are able to determine something that you want to do, that is a starting point. It's a personal agenda, personal vision, and then the question is, how do I use my strengths to actually achieve that? Now, once you set agenda, the next thing is to develop a strategy. We have wonderful agendas and wonderful wishes and so on. We don't plan any strategies for achieving them. Strategy execution is as important as strategy formulation. So if you formulate the strategy, you know, this is the way I'm going to do, it's fine. You've got the way. But actually implementing it, it's also very, very important. A lot of the time, companies have wonderful, wonderful strategies, and they blow it at implementation level. So develop a strategy and actually think about how you can implement it uh, positively. And uh, sometimes you even have to look at various strategies and then determine which of, of the options will be the best to do and then go for it. So one, develop the agenda. Two, develop a strategy for achieving it. Three, implement it perfectly and you will get a resource. The voice you just said is the voice of P.K. Richardson making a contribution on the, on how the alternative <coughs> ways to do planning apart from the, the typical New Year resolutions. And he says, conduct first a personal SWOT analysis to understand yourself very well and then set an agenda, craft a strategy for that agenda, and then, by all means, go for execution to ensure that you you achieve it. Patricia, you want to add something to that? Yes, I think it's also important for you to prioritize, right? And also manage your time. Most times, we are not able to achieve the goals we have set because we don't manage our time. So it's extremely critical that um, we we manage the time. We know what is important for us. We know what is urgent. And obviously, we need to apply the Pareto principle. The 80-20 rule is extremely key in in achieving our goals and our plans um, that we have set for ourselves. Talking about prioritizing, it's, it's amazing that you meet some people who are so well accomplished and yet so relaxed and so organized and they seem to get so much done. And you meet others and they say, the 24 hours is not enough. And they keep complaining that they, they don't have time. Would you call the secret to that the Pareto principle? Yes. You, you, you know what is, you should know what is important for you. But sometimes the agent is driving you. How do you avoid getting swallowed by the agent? You, you, because it's agent, you have to attend to it. But you spend little time on it because it's urgent. It's not important. Phone calls, text messages, WhatsApp, they, Facebook. Of them, some of them are serious time wasters. Right. I call them time wasters. So, and about people use about six hours of the day on WhatsApp and on the phone, achieving nothing. But some would argue that there's some, there's some gain from that. How do you find the balance? Well, you still must identify if that is important. Because whatever is important is what is critical to the goal that you have set for yourself. Right. If it is not critical, it could be urgent. Attend to it, but spend little time. And make sure that you spend 80% of your time on the things that are important. And I'm very passionate about this because I see people wasting time. Everything we want to achieve in this world can be derived 
in time and within time. Mm-hmm. So the goals that we have set can only be achieved in time. And just as we can, we, we budget our money. That is why how we have to budget our time. So if we just use our time anyhow, obviously we will not be able to achieve our goals. And like PK said, it's very important that the goals that we set are smart goals. You know, they should be specific. They should be measurable. They should be achievable. They should be realistic. And they should be time-bound. For some of us, we just set the goals and they are just there. We don't monitor we don't know how far we have gone and we just sit down and then the year ends. So these are some of the things we have to do. You see, Albert, time is one thing you can never save. You yeah. can't save time. When time is gone, it's gone. When today is gone, it's gone. There's nothing you can do about it. And as a senior manager, you may be under pressure. You've got 10 items to actually uh, work on. What you need to do is to prioritize. As Patricia said, there are certain things which cannot wait. They should be done today. And you put them top. And you, what you need to look to do is look at yourself. Am I being productive? Because there are some people who spend several hours in the office. They come six a.m. and don't leave till nine p.m. And they want to impress people the fact that they stay long, you know, in the office. But these people basically engage in what I refer to as a laborious doing of nothing. You know, they Shakespeare says much ado about nothing. A laborious doing of nothing. And they achieve very little, but a serious senior officer knows that these first top things are important. They are mission critical and they have to be done. And they can sort these things out and not waste time on anything. They may do only six hours, but by Joe, by the time six hours is over, they've accomplished so much. Unbelievable. Job has 366 days this year. Some will achieve great things. Some will look back in September and wonder where did the time go. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Another version says that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Numbering our days means calculating the time. Anything that you budget for, you also must review the budget. So it means at the end of the day, ask yourself, did I really, really use my time profitably or just engaged in frivolities. See, so far we've been talking about how to avoid a false start and how to start the year right. Let me pick this question that I call the South Sudan question. It says, hi, I'm Kweku and I'm a soldier. I set goals every year and work towards them. This year I am traveling to an unfavorable place like South Sudan and I'm wondering the kind of goals I can set this year to improve myself apart from reading books at my leisure. All right, let me start with let me let me come to you Patricia. He's asking what what kind of goals can he set for himself? This, this is a man who's at the forefront. <laughs> what kind of goals can he set? This is a very interesting <laughs> question. Um I think like PK said it is very, very important for you to conduct a SWOT analysis. I know South Sudan has our is rich in natural resources. Amazing place. Natural resources. So there are a lot of opportunities there. So once he goes there, I believe that you'll be able to explore the opportunities. And then looking at the threats and the weaknesses, he will take advantages or advantage of the strength of South Sudan and then the opportunities that are there. And then decide on what he wants to do. So there's so much he can do. Right, right. You know, I, I, I can even think about 
he working on himself to become a better father, a better husband, just spiritually to develop himself. So, really, I mean, the fact that you're isolated does not mean you cannot set goals and you cannot work towards them. Yeah, and, and he can even help, help, help them a lot, you know, because they've come out of conflict, they've come out of crisis. So, it's an opportunity for him even to help them in, in, in their growth and development. Right. I have another question um, that is coming from Francis in Kwabanya. He says, is it true that people with high IQ have low emotional intelligence? And how can I build my emotional intelligence? Let me tell that to Piki. Um, the, the fact that somebody has a high IQ does not necessarily mean that he's got emotional intelligence as well. They are not the same. They're different, even though they are not mutually exclusive. But you can be very, very smart, high IQ, and not emotionally intelligent. Uh, in order to develop your IQ, I think it's a simple matter of um, reading. If you said, tell me three things that will help me to um, develop my IQ, I would say reading one, reading two, and reading three. Mm. Everything reading. Those who don't like you, yes. wouldn't like you this evening. They will not, yes. I say to uh, people that I meet that intelligent people are people who are not are not people who are born intelligent, but people who read, who learn. You see, if you are modest enough to learn, you will learn something new every day. And over time, you become a very intelligent Why do you need the word modest to learning? Yeah, because some people think, what can anybody teach me? You know, I've got a PhD or I'm a manager. Who else can teach me? I've spoken to some managing directors and um, I had to go to their homes to convince them to attend a course. And at the end of the course, they said, wow, PK, I thank you very much for coming to my home. Because before then, they thought, what, what else can PK teach me? I'm an MD. I know it all. But if you are modest to say that, look, I can always learn something new, you will indeed learn something new. Let me come to you, Patricia, and, yeah. and, and find out about the role of the people who surround us. Relationships, friends, family. How do they help us in all this this planning that we are talking about? How do they help us achieve our goals? What's the role of the kind of relationships that we keep? The the people around us really can impact us negatively or positively. I mean, we we have to understand this. You could have people that will encourage you, that will motivate you to achieve the goal. You could also have some people that could discourage you. I call them the Tobiases and the Sambalats. You know, they will always discourage you. So you need to identify who they are. You should be able to discern the kind of people that are around you. So once you know that people believe in you, you know those who believe in you, and they, they believe in your vision, you are lying, you know, and then you, 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 you just get their support. And for those who you see them as the Sambalats and the Tobias, you just move away from them. Because you have a goal. Otherwise, they will determine your future. And as a human being, you should learn to take control of your life. You need to take control of the goal. You need to take control of the destiny, you know, of your own destiny. Otherwise, you'll be driven into um, 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 other people's destinies. Let me, let, let me throw this back at you, Patricia. Sometimes you find that people who a better place to give you good counsel may, may criticize your work and may put pressure on you and if you don't understand the value of these relationships you can easily classify them as Sambalats and Tobias how do you how do you discern people who are well-meaning but who will be critical of your work 
and point out the flaws in it which are meant to be beneficial, but in your inexperience, you could see, you could see them as enemies of progress. How do you dis- distinguish? I, I think it's very, very important for us to have teachable spirits, you know, and to understand the motive behind um, those who are ahead of us or those who are mentoring us. If you have a boss, I always say that if you have a boss who, excuse me to say, is not knowledgeable, you will not be challenged. But if you have a job, a boss who is very knowledgeable, then the person will challenge you. So you should be able to identify that, look, this person has good plans. This person has good intentions about me and therefore I'll submit and then learn from that person. Can I throw in one Before word? That, picky, let, me just, let me just open the phone lines for a couple of calls and let's see if we can get some people who require some help. One, But while you get ready to make those calls, let me also um, just mention a couple of New Year resolutions that came in. I said that the ones we get normally about weight loss, money, and, <laughs> and relationships. Um, Emmanuel Kobia from Agonas Radio says, to provide career guidance to young people in my community. So that is his New Year resolution. And of course, Kasim from Alaju says, to get a first class GPA. Prof is smiling because as a lecturer, he always wants his students to get first class. And so he's happy that that Kasim has a goal to, to achieve academic excellence. 030 If you want to speak to PK or to Patricia, this is the number to call. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening, sir. Please lower the volume of your radio set and go ahead with your question or contribution, sir. Right. Um, quickly, I just want to uh, find out... Um, the the mention on the emotional intelligence professor Peter is in touch on that i believe it's a very important area i wish to if uh, light can be true right. you, yeah, you didn't mention your name sir uh, i'm philip the main thing he said is that it's not mutually exclusive so you don't it, it doesn't mean that if you have an iq you cannot have um emotional intelligence or vice versa so we'll do a full show on that i promise you all Thank right you, hello good evening yeah, good evening Albert. your name where you calling from please Jonas, I'm calling from Choco. Jonas, take us home. You are the last caller. Just appreciative to your panelists and asking that, because there are a lot of my young guys who are listening to you, and I want to say thank you so much for this particular information. Thank you. Bless you very much, Jonas. Let me take the final thoughts from PK and from Patricia. Let me start with you, Patricia. Your final thoughts on the show. I think it's a very good show. It's a very good show, and I just want to um, encourage all of us to have a goal. Hebrews 12, 1 says that as we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily beset us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. It is important for us to identify the race that is set before us. And it is important for us to run that race. It is important for us to let go of the weight and the sins. Mm. And all these things can be done within time. And therefore, it is critical that we manage our time so that we can run the race that is set before us. Because we can only run it in time. You are so passionate about time. Let me end with the thoughts of P.K. Richardson. Well, what I will say a few words is that you need to plan um, to be better. Um, I always put it in a very funny way. I said one of the most important things in life is to be ready at all times to give up what you are for what you might become. And if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Have a plan for your life. Look at how you can achieve it. 
What does it take? What are the impediments? What are the difficulties? And work on them. And by and large, you can achieve your plan. What an amazing show we've had with P.K. Richardson and Patricia Sapo. My, as usual, my top 10 commandments. Number one, planning is carving out tomorrow, today. Number two, most people have a destination, but they lack the strategy and the resources. Number three, many of our goals gravitate around relationships, weight loss or physical programs, and then financial programs. Number four, conduct a personal SWOT analysis, set an agenda, a strategy, and then also um, go into execution. Number five, prioritize and manage your time. Use the Pareto 80-20 principle. Number six, budget your time and calculate and number your days. Number seven, set smart goals. Number eight, identify beneficial as well as detrimental relationships and take control of your life. Number nine, lay aside the weights and run the race within time. And number ten, be ready to give up at all times what you have for what you can become. What a show. Next week, Dare to Dream. But on, in the meantime, let me say thank you to Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo of Ecobank and Professor P.K. Richardson, a global citizen. On behalf of Comfort, Amos, Matthew, my name is Reverend Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone. An inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 you may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. No more searching.